When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is March 30th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. I cannot believe it is April. It is ridiculous how it is already April. Usually we'd be getting ready for the playoffs right now. We'd be doing a playoff preview episode, seeing how the Bruins stack up against a potential first-round matchup. And instead, we haven't even hit the trade deadline yet. And that is what we are going to be discussing a lot on in this episode, where the Bruins are at. We also, Connor and I, talk about some important stuff with Don Sweeney and whether or not the hot seat is getting, or his seat is getting hot, so to speak. Um, so we get into all that in today's episode. Before we do get into the episode, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. You guys know the NHL is in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your hand to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use that mobile device of yours to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit again. CLNS50 to get that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. You can't beat them. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? I'm good. I'm doing well. It's a, uh, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice day out. It's, it's, uh, you know, the nice time of year as we like to say, but, uh, times for the Bruins, not so much, unfortunately. Uh, times are just not as, not as good as people might want them to. Um, and I think this weekend, this past weekend might have been the most low they've been. Cause even the three, two win over the Sabres was not one that caused many people to be happy. It was, like, oh my God, you almost lost to the Sabres, who have now lost 17 in a row. And then you get shut out by the Devils again the next day. So to me, I look at this, and we'll jump right in. We'll dive right into things. Um, I, <laughs> it, 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 you never want to overreact, right? And we have both heard all year a lot of people saying, this is on Sweeney, he's on the hot seat, all that's fun stuff. And I've, I've, I've held off deep discussion on that until this weekend, until I, I saw this weekend. Because I said, this weekend looks to me like maybe it's time we start asking the question. So I will, I will, I will, I'll first let you offer your opinion. Do you think that Don Sweeney is on the hot seat or he should be on the hot seat? Um, I don't think this year. Uh, you know, I think right now it's, I think I agree that it's kind of the lowest, the low right now in terms of where the team is at, but also 
you know, I don't want to make excuses because let, let's cut down to the fact, you know, regardless of what the team's dealing with, you shouldn't have to have a, a third period rally to beat the Sabres. And as much as people want to complain about uh, those two uh, goals getting called off in the last minute of the game against the Devils, let's be, let's be, let's face it. Like you shouldn't be in that spot anyway against a team like the Devils, like be it uh, the fact that Mackenzie Blackwood, I think has like an eight, six, two or eight, nine, two save percentage, I think against, um, every other team except the Bruins where he has a nine six two save percentage. Um, the fact that your power play uh, can't score against the Devils, who I think are 28th in the league in PK, um, you know, that that's an issue too that's compounding their problems. And the fact that even the, the power play going from elite to still pretty good is not good enough, which just shows you the margin of error that this team has when their five and five scoring isn't, uh, you know, producing at all really. Um, still, it's tough to like get a full grasp on this team uh, when like you're still missing so many bodies. I mean, you're still without Marshan, who's probably your your best five on five player, uh, guy who's still a key cog on the power play. You're still missing so many bodies. Um, but again, you're in that kind of spot where you can't really wait until the deadline, right? Of waiting for these guys to get back healthy. Like you, again, you probably thought that we were getting near the end of it in the last couple of weeks, and all of a sudden Rask has an injury now where he's out. And to me, it's going to be a lingering problem. So you're, you're the Bruins are in a tough spot in terms of getting a full grasp on where they are before they have to start making decisions on what they're doing for the rest of the year. Um, and so for Sweeney, you know, I think we've talked at length about what their issues are, the fact that, you know, going into the year, even though there was maybe room for optimism that uh, this scoring, this forward core is the deepest it's been in years, hasn't really been the case, right? And some of that has been injuries. Some of it has been... Uh, guys having dreadful individual seasons. I mean, I don't think they expected Jake DeBrus to struggle like this. They didn't expect Andre Kasha was going to play like 20 total minutes of ice time this year, and he may not come back. We don't really know. Um, I think for the, the Bruins, in terms of, you know, whether you weigh someone's on the hot seat, I think the biggest determinant there is where this team goes from here next year and, and the coming years, right? Like if they're in a spot where, whether they, they make moves and try to extend this current window they, they have and acquire guys that can help them in the coming years. Let's say they get a guy like Connor Garland and he ends up being what I think a lot of us expect he could be, where he could be a top six lock in the coming years. If they have a guy like that, they add him to the mix uh, and some of these younger players continue to develop, then you at least set yourself up for a window where this team can kind of retool rather than outright rebuild. So I think, this year obviously has not gone according to plan, but I don't think if, if the Bruins, you know, get bounced in the second round or the first round again this year, like Sweeney's out, I think they have to see what the next steps are for this team. Because if, again, if you hit a spot like where, you, you know, you only have a year or two of kind of re- retooling, because you've got pieces in place, right? You've got Pasternak, you've got McAvoy, you've got young players. But if all goes awry, if DeBrusque never hits the level he hit back in 2018, if, uh, some of these younger players don't pan out. If you can't retain assets, uh, then you're in a spot where I think you have to really reassess where the, the organization's going. Because I think ideally they want to look at it as, you know, contend with this Bergeron core for another year or two, and then hopefully retool on the fly with the next crop of established players. It just, you have to wait to see kind of what that next wave is, right? Because it can't just be Pasternak and McAvoy. You need to have other guys kind of, building up that foundation. So I don't think Sweeney's on the hot seat this year yet, even though it's been a disappointing year in terms of kind of building this roster out for maybe that one final cup run. But I think the biggest 
indicator is going to be where this team looks a year from now, two years from now, before we can really kind of assess whether or not they need to switch things up. I think that's sort of the thing is that obviously these times suck and they're not fun for fans. And I, I think it's easy to overreact and say, well, you know, F, they need to clean house. They need to completely clean ship. Um, but I, I, you're, I think you're right. Like ultimately I do think you have to look and, and you have to look at also Sweeney's track record. I mean, he got here, he was, you know, became GM uh, before the 15-16 season. Because, what? yeah, 15-16 was his first season. And that season wasn't that great. But, you know, they they found a way to get to the playoffs in 16-17 after he made the coaching switch. 17-18, uh, they were really good in the regular season, fell in the second round. 18-19, they get to the cup final, game seven. Um, and then last year, you know, President's Trophy, season gets cut short. They end up losing to Tampa in the second round. But you do wonder how they would have done in a regular, regular season. Um, and then this year. And so I, I don't think like, I think it is tough with that kind of success. And I know people say, well, that's not a cup. That's like, no, but that's, that's close. And that's not something you just like take the, you know, you rip the GM off for now you can make the argument that the drafting has been not so great. Um, his first draft was, you know, again, not amazing, even though they all played together in that one game, uh, <laughs> that one very game mem- was very memorable, such a memorable game. But, um, I do think that you do have to give him a little more time because again, you there's been success. There's been some success. Um, and as you said, like, <laughs> and this, this also might piss off some people. They have done stuff like they have. And every deadline he's been here when they were, you know, in the playoff hunt, you know, you look at 17, 18, they go out and get Rick Nash. That falls apart, but who, no one saw they, that. Who, who they acquired with the expectation that he was going to be here for a couple of years too. That's the thing. And that's so, exactly Parquet ruined that plan for them. Yes. So you have that the next year, 1819, you have Coyle and Johansson. That was enough. That was almost, I mean, that was, uh, that, was that should have been. If, if your top line just decides to score a few more times in that series, we're talking, it's a whole different like Bruins world. Um, right. And then last year getting Kasha and Richie didn't expect Kasha to have the injury issues. And Richie was borderline. That was one that was a little bit iffy. We all kind of had our hesitations with that at the time. It's worked out in part, but not really. Cause he hasn't also done anything since like the first month of the season. So, um, there's that. So I don't think now is the time. I don't think, or I don't think the end of this season is even. I think you got to give him a little bit of leeway, you know, have some, have him have another draft or two, uh, before you really see like, okay, this guy's got to go. Cause I don't think, I, I don't think it's time. I don't. Um, and I get, I get people's anger. I understand it, but now is not the time. Um, and I mean, I also think like, you know, this isn't absolving the shortcomings they've had this off season where you could have signed a guy like to or make, you know, Bruins could have made lives a lot easier for themselves instead <laughs> of having to like acquire at this point, they have like multiple spots. They have to kind of shore up now. Like you have to look at a, a winger. You have to look at a, a defenseman. Um, you know, there's multiple holes that they could have plugged if they even signed guys who are on the, the, the bargain bin, right? Like if you sign like, I don't know, Ben Hutton, if you signed like to fully, who is not going to break the bank, like if you re-signed Chara, if you just gave him 2 million, you know, uh, cause the Hoffman was missed. another one. Yeah. Hoffman, who now is also healthy scratched by St. Louis, which is funny. Hoffman's still Mike Hoffman at the end of the day, but, um, <laughs> but you know, you're, you're, there's many situations where they have to fix problems that they usually could have remedied during the offseason based off just spending money and not a lot uh, on top of that. Um, but I still also, you just have to be pragmatic and not 
quick to, you know, blow, you, you go on like some boards and people are quick to like fire the coaching staff, start all new. It's like one also, again, get a reality check. You've got McAvoy and Pasternak. You're not rebuilding. And if you do enjoy being the Senators and the Red Wings who are going to suck the next 10 years, the Red Wings. No, so, well, consider, considering the fact that the number one critique of this team is drafting right now. Yeah. Uh, and you want, you're then going to trust them to draft a whole new team in right. like five uh, years. So I, again, it, it's tough because you, you don't want to say, and people who are pissed aren't going to feel any better when you have to be like, wait to see what they do at the deadline and wait for these guys to get healthy. But also don't forget that they're missing multiple pieces of a team that opened the year with the best record in the NHL. Like, and again, you could probably say a lot of those were kind of iffy third period comebacks or what have you, but this team is 16, three and three, I think against teams that aren't the Islanders. We're good. Let's give credit. The Islanders are good. And also the friggin' devils. But other than that, they're 16, three and three, including Pittsburgh, including Washington, who they're two Oh and two against, uh, have not lost Philly. regulation to Washington <laughs> Philly, who, I mean, Ugh. thank God that they're terrible because the Bruins are still sitting pretty good at that fourth, you know, in that fourth seed or third seed right now. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, you have to sit back and kind of assess where you're at. You have to make moves. I, I don't think they can sit pat, you know, stand pat and hope these guys get healthy and expect you're going to be the same team that you open the year as because you still need to add pieces. But, you know, they're still as flawed as this team is, and they're flawed. I don't know. I don't all can admit that. Um, you still have to look at see that there's still a productive core, you know, a productive core there, a group that you can build off of, especially for this year if you want to add a few pieces. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think now is the time to hit the alarm and blow everything up to say the least, but you do have to, I think maybe acquire some guys at a deadline. And by the way, for people like I, we get that this Bruins team is, is not fun and it's, it's boring. Like it's we, not, they, they are not fun to watch. No, like, and, and, and for people who are fan, like for people who watch, just watch the games, think of how we feel who have to create content about this stuff. It's the same shit every week. And so I, I think that, you know, we understand. And I know people are going to say, well, you guys are being soft. You, you, you got to redo the whole thing. And it's like, no, you don't. You, you really got to, like in these situations, when you do these, these, uh, these emotional moves, they don't usually work out. You don't usually, it doesn't usually work out when you're just like, okay, time to restart. Like you need to kind of think critically in these situations. Uh, and the truth that like the God's honest truth. As bad as the five-on-five five scoring has been, and you mentioned this yesterday in a tweet, you were like, look, you know, the power play, the five-on-five five scoring has been, the problems have been there forever. Forever. It's been there for as long as Cassie's been coached. They've had five-on-five five issues. Um, but the power play always made up for it. You know, the power play always bailed them out. And, you know, as, as much as that's been the case, as I said, Sweeney's tried to fix that. He has. Now, have they, has the moves worked out? No not nowhere near as what they'd like, but as you, you know, as you said, Nash was not supposed to do that. Kasha was supposed to be able to play Richie, uh, Coyle and Johansson helped. That was a big, that worked. Um, so again, like there are things they could have done to Foley, you know, um, maybe Taylor Hall in free agency. Now you got, was it Sportsnet who put out the thing that said, uh, it was, it was it Sportsnet. I think it was Sportsnet. It was Sportsnet. Yeah. Sportsnet who, yeah. Uh, who said, uh, DeBrus did Nika in a first for Taylor Hall, UFA, yes. two goals on the season, which is just like, that's a deal you get to get like Philip Forsberg, right? And yes. of course, they also have the Maple Leafs getting Connor Garland, who's arguably the better player, who's younger, who's a RFA for a second round pick and two prospects who I've never heard of, which I'm sure Toronto media thinks they're the next, you know, 
you know, the next up and coming stars as it always is. Nick Robertson. Well, they are. Yeah, you know, he's gonna win the hot in a couple of years, but um, but yeah, that's funny how that's that trade. But then the Bruins to get Hall is giving up a guy. Yeah, it'd be like a be like a Forsberg package if he was even going to be dealt, which he won't be. So that would be uh, that would that'd be a reason to fire Sweeney. Yes, exactly. If that trade <laughs> happened, then yeah, then we can scrub scrub the tape from this from this podcast. But holy hell! But again, yeah, if you make brash emotional decisions you know what you get you get buffalo trading ryan o'reilly for pennies on the dollar and plunging your team into a shit storm for 15 years which is what they've done so that's why you don't make these hasty decisions because you should end up coming back to get you and that's also why like again these people who want to rebuild these people who want to do you know redo the whole thing if you think this is boring if you think this sucks which it does have fun watching a team that's you know anaheim ducks for a bunch of years like you know the, the sabers the senators the red wings like and the Senators are, seem to be on the other half of like all that hor- horrendousness. But still, there's no fun in it. This, it's not fun to watch. And again, you have Poshnak, you have McAvoy. Uh, Vladar looks pretty good. Swayman looks pretty good. You know, you might have something. You, it seems like you might have something there. Um, down the middle, you know, Stadnik has been a guy who has not impressed uh, as much as people I think hoped this year. It's funny Cassidy was saying uh, Monday morning that, you know, a guy like him has been moved around a lot. You know, so it hasn't really had a chance to kind of settle in. And as we know, Cassie's very trigger happy, uh, with, with kind of his moves. We have Frederick, if you beat her on the pipeline. Poor Michigan, by the way. I was so excited to watch, uh, I'm covering the call of college, the frozen four for NCAA.com. And I was so pumped. I was like, I get to watch Beecher. I don't get to watch a lot of Michigan Owen, games. Owen Power, Kent Johnson, Ben Yates from, uh, from, uh, Hingham. Hingham, I think, right? Matthew Beniers. Maybe. I think so. All He's these guys. guys. They've got a, they've got a lot of they got a lot of good players. But I was so excited to watch Beecher. Obviously, uh, Michigan was taken out of the tournament because of COVID. Like literally, I think like ten minutes before the first uh, game kicked off really on yeah. on Friday. The, yeah, the, it was the Wisconsin game. The Wisconsin the Wisconsin Bemidji State game. Bemidji State sent Wisconsin home. But uh, Cole Caulfield now is in Montreal. So, anyways. To me, I just I, I don't think now is the right time to uh, to fire Sweeney or stays on the hot seat. I think you give me a year or two and see what what, what kind of happens from there because I think that uh, bringing anybody else in right now probably doesn't do the trick. I, I don't again like I don't I don't know what you want to have have happen. Um, you have what you have. So uh, at any rate, speaking of the deadline, and you mentioned this before we came on the air, uh, the Coyotes and the Predators. The two teams that the Bruins were supposed to pick apart and pick up people who were going to lead them to a Stanley Cup are doing well. The Predators are in a playoff spot, and the Coyotes are very close to a playoff spot. So, Connor Ryan, what do the Bruins do? What, 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 what who is there to pick from now? Uh, I mean, I think also a lot of that kind of lies on where exactly the GMs and the ownership of both the Coyotes and Nashville have to assess this team. Cause even if the Coyotes make a playoff spot, I think you have to look at that team, right. And be like, all right, we, we have a lot of money tied up and a lot of extended long contracts and probably overpaying quite a few guys. We've got a barren farm system. We have no first round pick this year. We wasted our second round pick last year by drafting that kid that awful kid from uh, oh, North Dakota. That's right. I forget his so name. So they wait. So yeah, thank Yeah. We don't need someone to, is slamming the steering wheel saying his name. Like, how do you not remember his name? Or it's better. It's better off. Maybe just not mentioning that. That's your brother. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they also lose, lost, I think a third round pick as well from that. So 
even if they make the playoffs, right, you have to imagine that Armstrong, the GM's looking at it like, all right, cool, we'll, we'll sell some more tickets, I guess, which we should probably know. use. But, <laughs> I don't but, know about the ticket prices. Yeah, I, but you look at the fact that I don't know where that organization's heading. You can also look at Nashville. Like, are they just delaying the inevitable when they look at making the playoffs this year? Like, well, Arizona has cool re- reverse retros, though. So, I mean, come on. Those are cool, yeah. I mean, that, that's one thing they got going for them. Not a lot else, but but – so it'll be a case of seeing where those teams assess where their organization's going. Um, and then from the Bruins, it's kind of the same old guys that we mentioned before, right? I mean, Paul Mary's a guy who also seems to only score against the Bruins, which maybe is not a good thing if you're trying to acquire him. Uh, but he's a UFA, uh, Taylor Hall, who I think a lot of people are uh, not fans of, but I also think you have to be pragmatic I, of the fact I, that I, uh, you have I, to be I, pragmatic of the fact that the value for him right now is as low as it maybe ever going to be. So if That's you can why, get him for so a second this is, round pick. This is why, this is why when we mentioned who we would want the Bruins to get at the deadline, I mentioned Taylor Hall. Because again, the value is low. You put him with good players in a good system with a good franchise, that still Taylor Hall. Like again, he doesn't, he doesn't have Jack Eichel right now and he hasn't had him for most of the season. Yes, he's sucked, but so have the Sabres. So that franchise is horrendous. Again, if you can get him for a second round pick and a prospect, try it. Like wh- for a, for a UFA, exactly. You know, it's like it's like a low risk, and if he sucks, then he sucks. If he's Taylor Hall, if he's not even you know twenty, what was it, twenty seventeen Taylor Hall, the Devils. If he's Taylor Hall that we've seen for most of his time in the NHL, then he's better yeah. than what you already have. And yes. also, I think one thing you have to be cognizant of is I think as we said earlier. This Bruins team has to, if they are want to go all in this year, have to probably make a couple of different moves to add guys to the mix. And if you can get Hall and add a guy who's a proven, like he hasn't been it this year, but a proven top six guy to the mix and still have assets left over, like a first round pick and other prospects and players to then use to get, you know, Ekholm or any any guy we've mentioned before, Garland as well. Like they have other pieces they could use to acquire guys if, if if need be. Like you're not mortgaging the farm to get Taylor Hall. He wouldn't be. Ideally, you'd hope he's not the only move you make because there's seems like there's a couple of different spots you have to shore up there. But in terms of giving up assets based on what the potential return could be, it's intriguing because I don't think it's I don't think Taylor Hall is getting a first round pick. That's for sure. No, I don't. No, I'm not. We don't think like sports now. We think a little bit more legit logically. Uh, but, uh, uh, Fluto mentioned this in his piece after Sunday's game, uh, against the Devils in how, and I thought this was interesting. He, he pointed out, uh, there was a play at the end of the third where, uh, you know, Grizzly had an issue with his helmet and he had to, they were in the ozone. You know, obviously you want Grizzly and McAvoy out there in the ozone draw late in the game, down one nothing to the freaking Devils. Uh, but you, 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 you want Grizzly out there. <laughs> He, he can't get his helmet uh, done. The refs let him go to the bench once. Good, good to see back. the refs. Good to see the refs caught that and not like the, the other stuff, other 50 the, the tripping missed, penalties yeah, but, and all that. But yeah. so, so they he had another issue. They they were like, you just got to get off the ice. And Cassie sends out Krejci to play with McAvoy, which again for forwards like cool, but ideally you you should have another defenseman who would be able to slot in in that situation in a one nothing game three minutes left ozone draw five on five but they don't they don't have one because the has been terrible of late 
you know, you're not sending out Stephen Camper, you're not sending out uh, Lozon. That you don't, you don't the 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 drop off right now at least after um, Grizzlick and McAvoy is so substantial that again you'd rather have a forward out there in in that situation, which then just highlights and this is why teams are giving the Bruins the point. This is why that you know you can bring the puck up high so often and you have no issue or you know you can get the puck up to the D as much because the, you know that teams aren't really worried about them. They just pack it in. They, they stand in front of the net. They don't let you go to the middle. You can't get to the high danger chair, uh, areas. And these guys can't get shots through. Clifton, Zaboral, like shots aren't going through. And again, and I'm not blaming this on the, just on the D. Like again, Krejci had that heinous uh, power play, uh, play yesterday where he didn't shoot it. You know, you have so many guys passing up shots, which by the way, has been going on for years now. Um, yes. Five on five. Uh, you're just starting to see it now because the, as we said, the power play sucks, but that highlights another issue you need. You need a defenseman or two. That's, yeah, I mean, that's why, that's why the, the Ekholm thing, people are like, you know, you can balk at the price, which the price is still apparently a first-round pick, an elite prospect, which, again, who knows what natural use is elite, um, considering how valuable a first-rounder is now in a flat-cap era. But Spe- Speaking of that, not, not, not to cut you off, but wasn't there a thing a few weeks ago on Twitter, I swore I saw this, it was like, what would it take to get Eichel? And they said, like, three first-round picks or something. And people yeah. were like, oh, you can take DeBrusque, Senechin, and Zaporo. There's three first-round <laughs> that was, picks. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, but, you know, people were saying, you know, debacking at the price for Eichel, which you can have that discussion, I guess. But in terms of just the overall need, where it's like, we just need wingers. It's like... No, like, I don't think people are valuing what a guy like Ekholm, who's a proven playmaker, play driver from the blue line, can bring to this team. I mean, as you said, and so what Bruce Cassidy mentioned, like, when you don't have proven play drivers or guys who can have a, a, you know, a heavy shot that can get to the net out there, then defenses can just pack it in, right? That's how, I mean, you look at the, uh, the one gold New Jersey score, right? I think it was... I want to say it was Ty Smith, the defenseman who got Ty the shot. Ty shot it. Called yeah, it. And it deflected off. Yeah. And it deflects off Palmieri, and it was a, a lucky bounce. I'm not saying that all of Ekholm's goals are going to be just creating lucky bounces, but it's all about spreading out the, the defense. It's about, you know, getting them not packed in. That's why when the Bruins power play was going so well for years, it was the fact that even when the, you know, it was the fact that the power play was so unpredictable, right? Where you've got Pasternak in the left circle, but you also had Kruger go to the half wall, drawing guys out, you know, getting guys up high. It's all about just like, you know, breaking up that, that structure of that defense and getting, finding those soft areas of the ice. And you're not getting that at all right now. No, nothing's getting through. So that's why, even if it's a high cost, why the Bruins are probably going to be in on at home is because I think even if it's, uh, a minimal upgrade. Like, let's say they get like Grandland and Ekholm and Grandland's your answer for the wing. It's not a, not a, a headline grabber, right? He's not a guy who's going to be a, a proven, you know, solve a situation, which is a, a discussion for another day. But Ekholm it, himself is enough that should really give this team a major shot in the arm, especially just in terms of not just his importance to a defense, right? He's still a great defensive. He's not like Dennis Weidman out there, but he's, you know, He's uh he's still a guy who can also drive play really well, especially even strength. The Bruins need to reacquire Dennis Weidman. That needs to happen. Exactly. He needs to go out there and knock some refs around and <laughs> enforce the refs. Yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't hate that. You can't you got can't help but respect that. But um, yeah, that, I mean that like that in in uh, in thirty minutes or less, that is pretty much what the what's going on with the Bruins right now. That is that is everything. Um, 
And now they're playing until May 11th. So get ready for some, just a ton of regular season hockey over this next uh, month plus. I mean, to- like we always say a ton of games. This is crazy. The amount of games that they're about to undergo. And this does not even account for any more games that might get canceled because of COVID. Like this is just going to keep going. Um, yep. And it, cu- it cuts into potential rest. It cuts into, you know, uh, you know, how guys are, how fresh they are going into the, to the postseason. I'm very, I'm very interested with this Bruins team. I'm very interested in what they will be come the playoffs. And that's as most pe- fans would say, if they make the playoffs. Uh, but also Philly sucks. Like, I will say this. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bruins like missed the playoffs, but I also kind of would be because the Flyers stink. Like Carter Hart has had a really tough year. The defense in front of him is garbage. Like yeah. Gosselin said the other day, I mean, they, they leave Carter Hart and Brian Elliott just out to dry. Um, remember when we said the, and most people said this, by the way, uh, one of our preseason predictions, the Flyers would be number one in, in this division. And by the way, I, yeah. I, I thought I like, I think we had good reason to say that. A lot of people said that. Um, but and now you've got, but I mean, they've pretty much admitted that they did not think that Matt Niskanen just retiring was going to impact him as much as it did, but clearly has Matt Niskanen maybe should like win like a, a Norris in retrospect. Apparently <laughs> when he leaves the whole defense implodes on itself, but also I think Kyle Hott's not playing for a week or he's being scratched for a couple of games. Cause I think they just need to get him in the, you know, get him in the right mindset. Cause I mean, he's just been dreadful this year. So yeah, the Bruins yeah, have and been that, bailed out quite a bit from them. And as bad as they've been, they're only three points behind the Bruins. So, yeah, you can put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, Capitals, 50 points. Islanders, 48. Pittsburgh, 46. Pretty, those top three seem pretty solid. It's a battle for the fourth spot. So, do you believe in the moves? Do you like them? Do they get them in the playoffs? Those are all questions we will ask uh, as the season rolls along. Connor, before I let you go, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, we're going to be breaking down a couple of different uh, trade scenarios this week. Um, we're going to have something that's going to be running up uh, probably today when this podcast drops. But, uh, you know, assessing the pros and cons of a Taylor Hall trade, which we've already kind of hit on, which I think at this point you factor in the return and what the potential reward could be. Seems like it's a pretty harmless move for a guy that you can just jettison if it doesn't work out. So. Uh, we'll be looking at that and a couple of other things over at BSJ. So you can subscribe over at bostonsportsjournal.com and you can follow me on Twitter at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. And for CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruinsby listeners have a great rest of your week.